So the reading today is Psalm 136, but if uh, congregation participation is not your thing, tonight is not your night. <laughs> so Eleanor put me up to this, so you can blame her if you don't enjoy it. But uh, we're going to try and read this together. Um, so in throughout this psalm, there is a, ver- there is a um, sentence, and then there is a uh, response, which is, his love endures forever. So if after every time I read, we can as a whole uh, say, his love endures forever. Don't worry, it only happens 26 times, but <laughs> but stay with me because uh, this is potentially one of the ways that it was uh, originally read, um, so hopefully it'll be fun. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks for, God, for the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, his love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens, his love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters, his love endures forever. Who made the great lights, his love endures forever. The sun to govern the day, his love endures forever. The moon and stars to govern the night, To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, his love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them, his love endures forever. With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, his love endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder, his love endures forever. And brought Israel through the midst of it, his love endures forever. But swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea, his love endures forever. And to him who led his people through the wilderness, his love endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, his love endures forever. And killed mighty kings, his love endures forever. Shion, king of the Amorites, his love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, his love endures forever. And gave their land as an inheritance. His love endures forever. An inheritance to his servant Israel. His love endures forever. He remembered us in his low estate, in our low estate. His love endures forever. He remembered us and freed us from our enemies. His love endures forever. He gives food to every creature. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Chloe. (laughs) While I'm just getting myself sorted, um, my wonderful um, helpers (laughs) are going to hand out uh, something for you, uh, which we'll be using later on um, in the uh, service, well, at the end of my sermon, really, um, because it is the night for getting involved. It is the night for, for joining in. Um, but um, hopefully you'll find it useful later on and uh, something you can take with you afterwards as well. Don't say I never give you anything. Today I'm giving you a piece of paper, um, but not the pen or pencil. I think those live here. So just make sure we get those back at the end. <laughs> um, brilliant. Um, Yes, while while you're just receiving those, I have just returned from Nepal. I was out there visiting um, some friends out there who actually work with CMS, 
So lovely <laughs> to hear um, the link there. And they are um, working with the Kathmandu International Study Centre, which is a school for um, a Christian school for uh, young people. Obviously, it's a school um, in Kathmandu. So um, beware. In the next few weeks and months, there's probably going to be a few holiday stories, um, pictures on the screen, all those sort of things. I think most of you have got paper and pen now. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that as we have said 26 times, your love endures forever. We thank you for your word and for all it says. And as we look at this psalm now, I pray that you would help us to hear your voice and what you have to say for us this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. So when you hear the word Thanksgiving, that's our theme this evening, I wonder what you think of. Maybe um, it's something you're particularly thankful for. Uh, maybe you think Thanksgiving, you think of family or friends or health. I looked online just to see what happened, and of course, unsurprisingly, there were just lots of jokes about turkey. Because that's, you know, that's what a lot of people think of when they think of Thanksgiving. But it's really important, isn't it, as we start this. Um, this morning, we, had a, uh, we were thinking about psalms of lament. This evening, psalms of thanksgiving, psalms of praise. And it's important to acknowledge, isn't it, that it can be really difficult to be thankful. Sometimes we may well say it through gritted teeth. And maybe, as we said, his love endures forever 26 times. You were saying it through gritted teeth by the end. You're going, his love endures forever. Or you're just thinking, how long is this going on for? Um, whatever. It is difficult at times, isn't it, to be thankful. But well done, Chloe. Thank you. <laughs> and as, as she said, actually, that may well have been, been one of the ways that that psalm would have been uh, read or even sung, a refrain like that. And if anyone says we shouldn't sing songs that we, when we repeat words, there's an example of one that we do. That's going off on a tangent. I won't go down that line now. Um, anyway, um, it's interesting because if we look at that phrase, his love endures forever, we do find it elsewhere elsewhere in scripture. Um, in 2 Chronicles 5 verse 13, as the ark is brought to the temple, and later as the temple is filled with the presence of God in Ezra 3.11. It was sung as, as, the temple was re, uh, the, as the temple was rebuilt, maybe reminding themselves of what had happened in the past. It's the sort of psalm as we look at it that takes you through some of the history of God's people. So they were thanking God in that situation. And of course, that is what this psalm really is about, isn't it? It's about thankfulness. It's about thanking God for all that has done, he has done, all that has happened. And this psalm actually is often known as the great psalm of praise. It really is a great psalm of praise. I think that refrain almost makes it even clearer, doesn't it, that that's what it is. And we're going to think uh, this evening about this, the shape of this psalm, the style of this psalm. And what it teaches us about ourselves, about God, and of course about thanksgiving. And we could divide this psalm up in, in various different ways. One way is to say that verses 1 to 3 are a call to thanksgiving. That verses 4 to 25 um, are the cause, the reason for thanksgiving. And then verse 26 again recaps that call to thanksgiving. But I'm going to break it down a little bit more than that. We're going to build this psalm up from the first to the last verses to see the shape of it 
and what it says to us. So the first thing then is that this is um, in verses 1 to 3, an initial call to thanksgiving. We heard those words, didn't we? Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. But the thing is, the word thanks, it, it doesn't really do it justice, does it? Because when we think of thanks, it's like, yeah, thanks for that. Thanks for that thing you did for me, whatever it might be. But thanks throughout this psalm is, is so much more than that. And although it only really comes out in the first few verses and at the end, there's a sense all the way through this psalm that that's what it's about because it says to him. In other words, that's sort of almost like shorthand for thank you, thank you, God. But this word that we have as thanks here means so much more than we might think of it. It's about confessing or acknowledging. It's more than just saying thanks, isn't it? so much more to it. It's declaring something. It's making, um, making it known, saying that we know and get what is going on. That's the sort of thing we mean here um, by thanks. And that, of course, leads us to, as one commentator says, which I've got on the screen, thoughtful, grateful worship, spelling out what we know or have found of God's glory and his deeds. That's what it means when it says thanks here or to him. So this psalm begins, as it's always good for us to do, isn't it? As we've done this evening, it begins with thanksgiving. It focuses on the character and the sovereignty of God. That he is good, that he's the God of gods, that he is the Lord of lords. He is the one our worship and thanks should be addressed to. Our thanksgiving uh, spelling it out, um, who we know God to be. That's the sense of it. Praising the one who is worthy of praise. Thanking the one who loves us, the one who is good, the one who is sovereign. And, and I do wonder how often we do that um, when we come to our own times with God. I don't know whether you always begin in that way. I know I don't. I know that I often just start my day by going, Lord, help. That's not a bad thing to do at all, or to come to him with a list of things that I need that day, when actually, isn't it a good reminder here that what is really helpful for us to do is to start by saying, thank you. And of course, that's a good model for us in our worship as well. It's a good model for us to get into as we gather together, but also on our own to declare who we know God to be, that he is Lord of Lords, that he is sovereign, that he is good. Maybe a challenge for us this evening to think about as we go from this place and as we um, go into our own times with God, to have that foundation starting as we mean to go on by saying, okay, I'm here to address you, the Lord of Lords, sovereign. So that's how the psalm begins. Then the psalm um, continues with the cause for thanksgiving. And I'm going to break it down a little bit more than um, we, uh, I had in that sort of model of those three things. Because I think we can see a few more things here. If we look in verses 4 to 9, we see God as creator. Where's he says? I'm not going to read the refrains, but imagine they're there. Otherwise, we'll be here all night. Um, 
to him who alone does great wonders, who by his understanding made the heavens, who spread out the earth upon the waters, who made the great lights, the sun to govern the day, the moon and stars to govern the night. And actually, as we think of those, it's very much like the beginning of Genesis, isn't it? It makes us think about the Genesis account of God creating this world. This is who God is. He is the one we are bringing our thanks to, the one who alone does great wonders, who made all around us. And this is, of course, isn't about the way God made the heavens and the earth, the mechanism he used or anything like that, but that as we find in all the signs about creation, it is is about what God has created for us, that we're to delight in God's creation. And I have to say, I've done that in the last couple of weeks. Only occasionally, sadly, did we get a glimpse of the Himalayas. But wow, I never expected to see them. Um, at one point, I saw clouds, and I knew that Everest was behind the clouds. That's as close as I got. But I did get to see the glimpses of the mountains, and I, I sort of wanted to see them all. But even just that little bit made me just go, wow, to delight in God's creation. And actually, isn't it even more so when we have this refrain in there, his love endures forever. And that's sort of woven through all of these verses as God, as creator. So one example, I don't know um, whether you're um, like me, but I love to look at the stars. Um, I, that, sadly, I've never seen it like that. Um, if only, hey, um, we can see it on the internet <laughs> and things like that. But I'm very fortunate that my dad um, loves astronomy and he's got a couple of telescopes. And I love going uh, to stay with my parents in Sheffield because where they are, it's quite dark. And um, I vividly remember looking through um, his telescope and seeing amazing things. You know, we've seen the Orion Nebula. I've seen the rings of Saturn through my dad's telescope. I've seen the moon much closer up than I ever thought I would. And that's just this galaxy. You know, when we start thinking about it, it's mind-blowing, isn't it? It is awesome in the truest sense of that word. His love endures forever. And look at what we can see just when we look at the stars. One example. I wonder, do you look at creation and respond in that way? Do you respond in thanksgiving? Maybe we need to do that more. Maybe that would help us have much more of an appreciation of what God has done for us in giving us all of this incredible uh, world. So that's that's the second thing. The third thing in verses 10 to 16 is we see God as rescuer. We hear that it says, to him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt and brought Israel out from among them um, with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, to him who divided the Red Sea, and so on and so forth. So just for a moment, put yourself as one of those hearing this psalm as they worshipped, who had heard the stories of what their ancestors had done, those people from their families, must have been an amazing reminder of their salvation history, of how God had led them from slavery in Egypt into the promised land. 
And I think they probably needed to be reminded again and again of what happened. Because let's face it, we all know, don't we? We all know that it is so easy to fall away. It's so easy to forget what God has done for us. So easy for us to forget our own salvation history. And actually all of us need to recall where we have come from. We all need to look back um, and see how God has been at work in our lives. I'm sure we've done that. And you've sort of gone back and you've looked back at where you were even last week or the, the year before and seen how God has been at work, how Jesus has entered your life, to see how God's love endures forever. And of course, where the psalm leaves it off in this, he finishes, to him who led his people through the wilderness. We can take that on and see the gift of Jesus and our own personal salvation history. What a good thing for us to do from time to time, to look back, to see how far we have come. It helps us not give up, doesn't it? It helps us to, to keep going. So, for example, I've just been on some long-haul flights, uh, but I do, um, I, I don't know whether you've done this, when you've been on a long-haul flight, if you've had to go through that, um, and you've looked at the map. Anyone done that? You've followed the map, and you've been looking, and I remember one particular flight from Dubai to Melbourne, and um, I didn't go that way to Nepal, that would be weird. Um, and I was sort of um, trying to sleep, and I'd wake up, and I'd look at the screen and go, oh, we're still over the Indian Ocean. Two hours later, oh, we're still over the Indian Ocean. And um, it just kept on going and going and going. I've just realized I've snored and it's being recorded, but never mind. Um, you know, they, those things, you know, it's like, oh my goodness. And at those points, I need to look back and see how far I've already come to know that I'm actually going somewhere. That sense of, although, yes, I'm still over the Indian Ocean, I am getting there. Um, Philippians 1 says this, God who has begun a good work in you will complete it. We know we can trust him, but do we know? <laughs> do we believe that we can trust him? It's only sometimes when we look back that we can see that we can. Okay, the next one, verses 17 to 22, I can't read now, is uh, God as victor. So uh, we heard in that uh, passage about that wonderful King Og. What a great name that is. Um, we heard about the way that um, God um, struck down all of these kings, and that feels really strange, doesn't it, to, to hear that in a psalm of praise. But of course, that is part of the history of God's people, part of how God gave the people of Israel this uh, land of inheritance. We see God as victor. God went ahead of Israel. He brought down the kingdoms which have, would have annihilated them. That, that's the issue. And it is hard for us to justify. It's hard for us to read that. But we have to acknowledge that that is what happened and that God was showing his love and his mercy for the people of Israel. Wouldn't it be worse to brush all of that under the carpet, <laughs> to, to ignore that it happened? Wouldn't it be better to actually recognize, to acknowledge just what God had done for the people of Israel? That surely must have been important for those who were reading this psalm, to uh, read it together in the temple, recognizing just how much they had to be thankful for 
seeing God's mercy, seeing how he went before them. And of course, that's important for us to acknowledge as well, isn't it? To recognize just how much we have to be thankful for. The battles that God has won for us. The times he's gone ahead of us. Not just as individuals, but as a church, as a people of God. And of course, we cannot read this psalm and think about God as victor without recognizing that, of course, God won. He has won. He won on the cross. Jesus won the victory. He won the victory over sin and death. Jesus went ahead of us. He fought the enemy and he won. His love endures forever. And finally, we have the last few verses, verses 23 to the end. And it returns to thanksgiving. We're reminded that he remembered us in our lowest state, that he freed us from our enemies, that he gives food to every creature. And then the final verse, give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. Those last few verses are almost like a summary of what God has done and sort of in reverse of the rest of the, the psalm. But maybe it's a reminder today for us of what he does now, that he provides for us, that he is there for us in all our circumstances. He sees us, whatever state we're in. And in all of that, that refrain, his love endures forever. And that final verse is a reminder of the call to thanksgiving. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. So that's the structure of this psalm. And it it helps us to see just how much we have to be thankful for. But of course, running throughout that psalm, we have this refrain, his love endures forever. And you might have got a bit tired saying it. And in fact, it happens 26 times when we read it out. His love endures forever forever. Isn't that interesting? 26 times. How many letters are there in the alphabet? It's 26, isn't it? I'm not going, that is right. I had a moment of, yeah, no, there are 26 letters in the alphabet, in our alphabet anyway. There is a reason (laughs) that the psalmist does this. I love uh, the message version. It says this, his love never quits. It's good, isn't it? His, His love never quits. His love, his loving kindness is everlasting. Why does the psalmist hammer it home 26 times? Well, of course, because the enemy wants us to doubt. The enemy wants us um, to doubt, especially when trials hit. But there are 26 letters in the alphabet, and there are 26 times his love endures forever, which means there's something big and whole and encompassing about that. But as I said at the start, it's not, not always easy, is it, to be thankful when we see the turmoil around us, and we see a lot of that, don't we? When we face trials, when we're struggling, when we see some of the stuff on the news. And Psalms are a great example of the fact that even when life is hard and we cannot look beyond our current situation, we can somehow vow to praise, to to even say those words, his love endures forever through gritted teeth. But to still say them. This truth was so important that David appointed singers whose job was to repeat this at the tabernacle. His, uh, give thanks to the Lord because his love endures forever. That's 1 Chronicles 16. And later when the ark was brought into the newly completed temple, 
Solomon appointed singers to sing. He indeed is good, for his love endures forever. God's response was to fill the temple with the cloud of his glory. Still later, Jehoshaphat got it right, yes, appointed singers to lead the army into battle. Singing, give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. Then the Lord ambushed the enemy. So this psalm reminds us that in every situation, we can say and know, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. And this psalm reminds us of the importance of knowing our salvation history, which of course means knowing the Old Testament. It means knowing the New Testament, to know God's word, to know just what God can do and to be reminded of what he has done as well both in scripture, but also in our own lives. This psalm continues for us today, doesn't it? It tells us of salvation history, but it's our story as well. It's not always easy, is it? But all the more reason to aim to do it. I want to show you a picture um, just before we finish. picture from just last week. Um, these are the people, well, uh, on, the, uh, on the right, uh, Craig and Elaine Watson, they work um, at uh, the Kathmandu International Study Centre I was visiting. Behind me is my friend who I went with. And behind that, uh, in between us is a family. Now, I didn't know that family until last week. And uh, while we were in a place called Chitwan, which is in the southern part of Nepal, um, we saw a lot of rain. It was m- monsoon season was late. And anyway, we were out walking in the rain uh, with an umbrella because you really needed it um, along the road. And as we were walking in the dark, uh, my friend heard some whistling. And as she listened, she realized that there was a whistling of 10,000 reasons. And she went, I'm sure that's that, I'm sure. So they said to me, Eleanor, you can sing. Why don't you sing it? So I sang it (laughs) in the middle of the road. And this guy sort of turned around and looked and realized that we were singing 10,000 reasons. So he came bounding over to us, and we ended up standing underneath a shelter, and we ended up singing 10,000 Reasons and praying together. And it turned out that he was the pastor for the town that we were in, in Chitwan National Park. Now, let me put that into context. There weren't Christians in Nepal that many years ago, and um, he is now leading a church um, in the town. And we really encouraged him by being there. We actually went to see him the following day, which is when that photo was taken, And we found out a lot more about him. He'd done a lot of work with Operation Mobilization and had started this church a few years ago and it's grown to about 45 people. um, And that's incredible. Um, When we left, we couldn't actually walk back (laughs) to the car. We had to walk through floods up to our knees. And then we had to check for leeches. Lovely. Um, But it was so encouraging for us and it was so encouraging for him. And we only got to know him because he was whistling a worship song. He was thanking God for who God was. And um, yeah, it was just a really special time. Do pray for him. Their church was nearly flooded. Thankfully, it wasn't like it was about six years ago. Um, But it was really special to meet him and his family, um, all living in a very small place. The other thing to say about him, actually, we were praying before the service and um, the phrase standing up for Jesus was something that was, uh, someone felt that God might have been saying. And I reminded myself of the fact that we asked this man, how 
do you do evangelism? He said, well, we used to knock on doors, um, but we can't do that anymore. And then we said, but you can't, you're not allowed to evangelize either. You're not allowed to go out. And he says, yeah, but God tells us we can. So they went out on the streets and talked to people about Jesus, even though it was not allowed. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that a challenge to us when we can and we, you know, we don't because we're embarrassed? He was full of thanksgiving. He knew that God was his saviour. He lived it. Let's live it ourselves as well. So you all have seen that I've given you a piece of paper, and I just wanted to encourage us in just a minute or two, because I'm really conscious of time. Um, on your piece of paper, you will see that there's sort of a layout of Psalm 136 and all of those sections that I've talked about. Um, I'm just going to play the piano really quietly uh, for a few minutes, and I want to encourage you to just start by writing your own psalm. Now, some of you will love this. Some of you will hate it. Sorry about that. It's one of those evenings. Um, but I want to encourage you just to have a think about what God might be saying to you. And it might be something you can then take home with you and do at home. Because actually the, the structure of this psalm just gives us an opportunity to do something ourselves, to think about what God is saying to us through this as well. So let's just have a couple of minutes and then I'll uh, come back and we'll finish.
but that's only a very uh, short time on aware. So I encourage you to use that uh, this week to remind yourself each day his love endures forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your love endures forever. And we've said that a lot this evening. And I pray that you would help us to, to hold on to that in this week, in those uh, ways that um, we need this week. Uh, whether it's trials that we're facing, whether it's that we are uh, looking out at your creation, whether it's that we need to remind ourselves of how you have gone before us or um, how you have come to us through your son Jesus. Lord, help us to hold on to that wonderful truth that your love endures forever. Amen.